Welcome to 104 Days, a Phineas and Ferb companion podcast. Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm her dad. This is episode 51, Interview with a Platypus. We're interviewing a platypus. Anyways, so We're this trying to. Trying. So this is the one where they're, de- where they're trying to figure out what Perry is saying. And Doofusmerts, it's flooding the streets like in Italy, kind of. Like, like in Venice. Italy. Yes, Venice is a city in Italy. Imagine just walking out your front door and just falling into a lake of water. It would be weird, but uh, maybe that's what every day is like for you because you live in Venice. And if you do, well, we'd love to hear from you. Listen for the end of the episode for our super secret email address. Nobody knows it yet. I know. They'll, they'll never be able to guess it. We'll have to wait until the end of the episode. That's how you get them. The title of the episode, Interview with a Platypus, I feel like... I mean, the only, the only pop culture reference I can think of that sounds similar is the classic book and movie, Interview with a Vampire, which I have not read or seen, but that's what I thought of when I heard this title. So I assume that's what it's alluding to somehow. So the formula is eight. And the things we missed was Ferb's line, he broke the perfect streak, I think. Was it a streak? Well, the last time that Ferb did not have a line was way back in I, Robot, which was season one, episode 10. Wow. So that was a long time ago. And what else were we missing, Callie? Linda's daily, whatever, whatever. Whatever she would do in the day, she was just at home, basically. Nothing really happened. Yes, exactly. We did have a recurring gag. When the bird, they first figured out that a bird was listening, it was able to to speak over there. Already hear the bird was thinking. The bird said, "Aren't you a little young for interspecial communication?" And Vinny said, "Yes, yes, I am." Yep, and he was. The song in this episode was another one of those. It's a, it was a very Phineas and Ferb type song. Uh, had this sort of I don't know what you'd say, like a '60s kind of hippie. What? Hippie. So Callie thinks like a late 60s kind of vibe to it. Uh, the title of the track was It's a Perfect Day. And it was, it was nice. I just thought of it because of the things the men were wearing when they were singing the song. Yeah, that's right. And because there was a rainbow behind them. Yes. When they would say, it's a perfect day. There was like this rainbow. While Candace is being chased by any creature on the human planet. Yes. So uh, it's basically like she had this Noah's Ark of animals chasing her, and including like a giraffe. An and, elephant. Yeah. And, um, and so she's screaming and she's panicked, but they're just singing this happy, nice song about it being a perfect day. Well, Callie, should we go on to our top three for the episode? Sure. I'll go ahead and start. My number three in this episode is when Jeremy calls Candace and Candace is not is hesitant to go over there because she doesn't want to hang out with Susie. He's like, oh, well, Susie's not here. And there's a ring at the door. He's like, hold on a second. Somebody's at the door. And it's Candace. <laughs> so she, once she heard that Susie wasn't there, she was over there. Yeah. My number three is when the little fireside girls, I don't know their names, are explaining to Pinky. 
again, forget the idea of little people living in the TV. Right, because why, one of the things that they wanted to do early on was Isabella wanted them to be able to talk to Pinky, her chihuahua. Why? To tell whenever like the doorbell would ring on a TV show, he would start barking at the door. That would be something our chihuahua would do. Yes, that is a very chihuahua thing to do. Uh, many dogs, I suspect. But they had a hard time getting that through his head. My number two moment in this episode was right at the beginning when Phineas asks Perry a question and Perry does his usual noise. I can't do it. It sounds like I'm coughing up a hairball. It sounds like you're dying. <laughs> and there's a nice little sequence where Perry and Phineas and Ferb all take turns. I can't begin to duplicate it, so I'm just going to drop it in right here. Awesome. Come on, Ferb. Fire one off. And then they do it again. <laughs> so that was my number two. Dad was like, do you remember this? And I'm like, no. Okay, so do you, re- do you remember seeing that? I'm like, no. Oh. When I saw what this episode was, it was one of the very first things I thought of. I, I, it was a very memorable part to me. Well, I rem- kind of remember this. I thought it was like early on, like maybe episode 10 in season two, not episode two, season two. But I remember this episode being Candace just being chased because I remember this because I watched it one time when I was eating lunch. That was too descriptive, but I don't. I don't care, really. It's fine. It's fine. Every millisecond. Well, we didn't. We failed to touch on one thing that was different about our formula, but there was a reason for that. It's because it's Callie's number two. Do the shirts out in the forest. It's just yes, funny. That was the jingle for the episode. But my number one. Definitely, when I first saw what Doofenshmirtz was doing out in the forest, that he had a boat. Let me correct that. It was a BOAT because it stood for Buoyancy Operated Aquatic Transport. Dad pointed out the buoyancy. Buoyancy. Buoyancy was misspelled wrong. Yeah, they flipped the U and the O in buoyancy on on his little sign. And so that played into his plan where he was going to flood the streets like Venice and then he would have this BOAT that everybody would have to buy. Everybody. And so, not like some people have it already. When he did the flooding of the streets, or started tried to flood, he opened up the dam. Uh, the neat part was the way Perry caught up to him, right? Because I missed it. Because he was he was flapping his his tail and he was swimming through the water. I missed it. And he goes, "I always forget. I always forget you are a semi aquatic mammal." Okay, I can picture it. I actually. I've done that kind of before, but I'm not platypus, but you know. With with a tail? Yes, no. I was at this, like, um, water park. We were with our friend. You know, before times, there was, like, this wave. It's, like, inside, but it's kind of, like, you have to dodge the waves. It was a wave pool. Yes. So I would, like, go underwater, and I would start, like, breathing through my mouth underwater, and I would swim and like get pushed pushed back by the waves, and I just got reminded by that. So there you go. Now, at some point in this process, while he was using his boat 
didn't he say your number one line of the episode, Callie? I'm boating. I'm boating. <laughs> and then, of course, the way that Perry uh, diffused the situation was by activating the Metropolitan Oval Aquatic Trench, or moat. The moat. I could just picture someone being like, Mom, I can't come do the dishes. I'm boating. <laughs> so uh, and I always do appreciate when he mentioned it was called a boat and it was very clear to all of us that it was a boat. Just the look at, on Perry's face as he's kind of looking through hooded eyelids and then he glances directly at the camera like, you got to be kidding me. I. This is why I'm not getting paid. Not getting paid enough. I'm just babysitting. But that is the end of our episode. We've covered what we want to for this episode. Now, as promised earlier on, we have our super secret email address. If you live in Venice and you want to tell us about it or uh, whatever else you might want to share with us, Callie is going to tell you right now what that email address is. Callieandrezad at gmail.com. I guess that wasn't as super secret as I was leading everybody to believe. You've been trolled. You've been trolled. And there is no furb line, so we'll uh, see you next time. Bye.